parsha of Lech Lecha. God tells Avraham to Lech Lecha and leave your country and then your town and then your house and go to the land which I will show you. For thousands of years, rabbis puzzled over the phrase Lech Lecha, which literally translates as go to you. The case was unlocked in the 19th century by the chief rabbi of Bucharest known as the Malbim. He explained that God's instructions were in reverse order, country, then town, and then house. Paradoxically, to go to the land of Canaan required Avraham to go deep into his innermost core, to Lech Lecha. Do we have a core, a self, a real us underneath all of the layers? In Hermann Hesse's Steppenwolf and Goethe's Faust, the protagonists were possessed by the idea that they were made up of two warring selves. Indeed, Faust famously decried that, ach, two souls dwell inside of me, each which wants to separate from the other. Zwei Seelen wohnen ach in meine Brust, die eine will sich von der anderen trennen. Faust saw himself as both man and God, angel and devil, earthly and heavenly, depraved and refined. In Steppenwolf, Harry Haller adopted the same outlook. He, the Steppenwolf, quote, believed that he bore two souls, wolf and man, in his breast, and even so finds his breast disagreeably cramped because of them, unquote. Hesse, however, reminds us that the souls within us are, quote, not two nor five, but countless in number. A human is an onion made up of a hundred souls." Unquote. Indeed, Hesse writes that through yoga, a technique was advised to unmask the illusion of the personality. Yoga, it would seem, teaches us not only that we have infinite cells within us, but also how we might reawaken these lost souls. To better understand this conception, I interviewed Gita Delvana Kiotis. Gita is a yoga instructor at Tal Health Academy in Berlin. She both teaches yoga classes and teaches yogis how to themselves become instructors. I was one of Gita's students at Tal Health. Before becoming a yoga instructor, Gita was also a professional musician, singing and playing piano for the group Pearls of Berlin. Both Santana and the Beach Boys have attended her performances and complimented her afterwards. Currently, she is moving away from pop music and devoting her musical talents to playing Indian music. In case of the Beach Boys, uh, I didn't even know how they looked, but they sat on the piano and sang with me in a bar I was playing. I used to play in the Ritz-Carlton in Berlin and they sat on the piano and they started singing and then afterwards someone came to me, do, do you know who these guys were? And I said, no. Oh my <laughs> God. Voice, but I didn't at that time know how they look and who they are. Yeah. I, mean, I knew who they are, but and in case of Santana, Carlos Santana was listening to me playing and they invited me to the show. But as I was quite shy, which I still are, I didn't go. So I thought, oh my God, no, I can't go. I will be on my own. So I, that's how it was my experience with those guys. 
and mm. um, I had a life as a musician. I still have that life, uh, but for some reason, and I think it's because it's, uh, I wouldn't say it's superficial, but it comes along with a lot of consequences regarding your health and regarding your inner stillness. I mainly uh, stopped doing this. I don't perform so much. If I perform, I do perform Indian music. That's why. Okay. Indian music gave me the meditative part of music. Whereas the pop music I did, this was like, you could say it was not a different life, but um, it comes with a lot of things that can be very harmful physically and also mentally. And I heard that Definitely. from people that do this. So. So I'm, I'm mainly doing Indian music now. I'm doing raga singing, which is very, which I would even call a healing method. So I teach, I'm uh, one of the teachers at Tower Health Academy in Berlin. Uh, and we do teach, we have the uh, yoga teacher training there. And uh, the basis for this training uh, comes from my uh, very long and intensive years of learning from two very important Indian gurus. One is Indian, one is German actually, but he comes from the Indian lineage. Uh, and um, what's important probably to share about this is that I had the privilege and the honor to learn from a really true enlightened yogi. Um, because I find that most of the gurus that uh, you may encounter on the internet or wherever you, uh, even if you go to an ashram in India, most of them you can really sense that they are still have a very strong um, sense of ego, egoistic, you know, self-loving, even narcissistic behavior, and they use their um, their position in a, in a wrong way. But the true teaching was being in the presence of those beings. And I think this, this was when I learned the most was when I just meditated with them, stayed with them for quite some time and experienced things that were far beyond my comprehension at that time. Can you give us a little like window into what a typical session with these teachers would have looked like? Because I'm trying to picture it. I'm not sure. Are you guys, it's in Germany, I assume. Are you like, is it just the three of you? Are you doing yoga? Like, what is the guy, what are they, what is this vibe that they have that is so powerful? You know, uh, uh, in both cases, there had been a lot of sitting and silence, just being, you know, just being there. And you could feel tears running down your face just by, by the vibration they would emit. You know, we were in India, we were sitting in the trees, in the woods, sometimes outside at the Ganges uh, and, and uh, listening. But I felt that this scene had had happened before in my life in the previous life so it was mainly about healing myself in the very beginning and becoming um, free of 
uh, too much of ego. I think a little bit of ego everyone has and we cannot get rid of it because we have to live in this world, but much of it was destroyed. <laughs> I hope mm. successfully. <laughs> so and it made me feel much lighter and much happier. Yeah. During one yoga class, I recall observing Gita in the pose of Warrior One. The thing is that she was not just striking a pose. She had embodied the pose so fully that it was as though in that moment, she really was a warrior. Could yoga help us not only to play the warrior, but actually to be the warrior we already have inside of us? If so, sign me up. Is that the purpose of yoga? to bring us outside of ourselves and into new beings, like warriors and cobras and trees. The Western conception of the self is not so flexible. The pun can stay. In the West, we speak of being ourselves and finding ourselves. I asked Gita what she thought about the viewpoint of Faust and Harry Holler, and perhaps even Freud, who were convinced that they were composed of two selves, man and God, animal and man, id and ego, which were eternally vying for the upper hand. No, I think uh, in most of the cases, like if someone is humble as you are, you know, I, I believe that you are, and as I feel who you are, you are a humble person. In some cases, I would say you need a stronger self even. even. Uh, mm. You say, also, I want to I be a warrior. Uh, I don't think the self by itself is, something, is, a, is, a, is a bad construct. I think there is only the self, you know, there is no, nothing else. You could say you are what you are and we call it the self. That's a name for it. You can also call it the soul. And um, you can also distinguish between your personal self and the over soul, the over self. But in, in the end, it's just, you know, you could say a mind construct. It is, it is who you are, it's, this is the self and you as in my opinion should not neglect it by trying to get rid of it what's there is some part of you that should become empty but it's not your true self you can also you can it's impossible you cannot get rid of your true self because that's what you are so you believe in a true self in a core absolutely i do oh okay well um let me ask you another question then because um, another character from German literature, Harry Haller from uh, Steppenwolf, um, who from Hermann Hesse, mm -hmm. and uh, this character was much like Faust, where he said he feels like a wolf, you know, Steppenwolf, and also a a man, I guess, mm -hmm. and he's not. He's always kind of, and actually, maybe I just did that myself. And I said, well, I feel like I want to be like a warrior, but I also want to be like, you know, a professor, right? Uh -huh. And uh, <laughs> I'm like between these two. And, uh, <laughs> but um, his discovery at the end of the book was that, and this is from the book, he says, yoga is a way of discovering the chaos of selves, of selves mm -hmm. within us. Mm -hmm. So this suggests that there's not just one self, that there's many selves, mm -hmm. and that is what yoga teaches. So do you believe in many selves as well, or? I mean, you, then you have, you have to define 
what is meant mm. by selves because i think there is what what you talk about that is some if you say there are mul multiple versions of self i would say there is one self which you are and then there's versions of this in yoga it's it the idea in yoga is that you have like a, like an over soul the atman the big soul the the mm. divine soul and you have your personal self the jivan the personal self which is then the part of you that is incarnated in a body for example and 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 in yoga you want to re reunite those two the personal part of yourself and the bigger and the bigger part which is god which is your your oversoul does, you know does that relate to the word yoga yes it does can you say a little bit about that yes the word yoga or yugan means like to um, to bind or to connect, um, just to connect. In English, we have the word yoke, by the way, which is like connecting. A, I think in German you have jochen also. Yes, joch. It's it's ex, ex, the German word is anjochen. Yes. Yeah, same in English. Yeah. So can, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, what no, is this? no, no, beautiful. I yeah. Like I like I like speaking about the, the the sound of the words and that's fine. No, it's um, in, in English it's only used with like in farming terminology, yoking exactly. together. Exactly. But it still exists. Like English speakers will know the word. Yeah, it is the same in German. It's about farming. It's about uh, when you when you bind an animal to this thing and you carry it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's important about the um, the idea of connecting because it's mainly thought about binding um, this unstable part of yours that is drawing you here and there, which mainly mm. is your mind. So mm. if you believe that you, you are your thoughts, which most people do, then, then uh, what yoga does is to, uh, to, to give you your power back over this part that is drawing you here and there, and you don't know why, and you have this thought and that thought and, and, um, Yes, it's it's about getting your power back and connecting all that you are back to the bigger soul. Yeah, so yoke, even the farming word is actually a probably a better word than just connect because it's like a really strong word about like an animal will kind of go in all kinds of directions. Exactly. exactly. Like so you need to really yoke him exactly to keep him from like running away. Right. Interesting. I never thought about it like that. You are listening to The Shrift. Interview 3 with Gita Delvanakiotis. Lech Lecha. So, what would you say to someone if someone said, you know, Gita, like someone like Faust or Harry Holler, and they said, I'm... I'm half man, half wolf, like, or I'm half God, half animal. And I want to, you know, become both, or I want to feel, I want to like become, I want to bring out the animal side of myself. What would you say? Like, what would the, where is that thinking wrong? I think it's, it's, uh, it's um, mainly what the trap is that we all believe that we have to become something different than what we already are. Mm. And um, even if you are in your physical form, 
um, you know, manifested as um, something you might consider imperfect because of whatever reason, you know, because you might even, some people just have just one arm or you, they might, you know, this would, could, could, someone could call that an imperfection, but you are not in any way imperfect. Whatever is created is just, you know, you could say it's an embodiment of the spark of divine, of the spark of the source. And therefore, I would say the, the, the idea itself to become something different, something better than what you already are, is not the right um, approach. You, you should so, rather try to remember who you are. Wow. So let's maybe take that thought and go into poses, asanas, mm -hmm. because um, I think I have a lot of things I need to <laughs> relearn about yoga because I always thought like, like what I said about the warrior pose that, okay, I'm walking, you know, in your daily life, you're at the computer, you're in these positions that are very weak positions where you're like, you know, sitting in a chair and you don't feel very powerful because of how you're sitting. Mm -hmm. And like I said earlier, I said, you know, I, I want to be, a, I want to discover this warrior part of myself. Like, I want to be more like a warrior, right? Like who doesn't want to be more like a warrior, right? <laughs> and um, I thought you would say, yeah, that's what yoga does. It makes you, it can like make you, if you do these poses the right way, you might um, become more like them. You might become more like a cobra or more like a warrior or more like a, um, goddess pose, right? All these different cool poses that they have. Um, and get outside of this kind of hunched over at the computer pose that we're mm -hmm. in a lot. Yeah. But now you're saying, well, you shouldn't try <laughs> to be a warrior. Like you should just <laughs> be who you already are. <laughs> like, so how does that? No, no, no. I, yeah. I, what's what, it, what am I missing here? No, no, that's very interesting and beautiful that you say this because uh, it is not, it is absolutely okay to work on, uh, on yourself. And I mean, that's why I teach yoga because it's bringing out parts in you that are already there. But the idea that you have to become something else than you are already are, this is keeping you from being that. You know, this is like a, um, uh. this is an obstacle. This is like, because it is, um, you, you neglect that you already have this in you. Mm. Nothing you can learn from the outside that can make you a warrior. It's nothing, no outside pose you can do for eight hours a day that will make you a warrior. If you, that's what I strongly feel and have experienced in my own life. And that's what I believe also that if you have this wish, then you already are the warrior because you remember something about that in your heart. So your heart remembers that. Otherwise you wouldn't have the desire. The desire is born because you already have that spark because you already are a warrior soul. And I think just because you do these podcasts, for example, this means you want to change something. So you are, a, you could say you are a spiritual warrior, a mental warrior because you share you you share you or you um uh you uh, um 
anyway, you just uh, inspire people with thoughts and, and ideas and all that. So you already have that. And it is good and important. And this is, this is one step of the way to um, use everything that you are to remember. But you don't have to become it. You are it. You just have to uh, get back to what you already have been. And by just by, by, for example, the warrior pose, just by putting your feet on the ground and really feeling that you have strong feet, which are holding you, which are, you know, which are keeping you stable. This just brings out the memory of being a warrior. It is not that you are like you are a mouse and then you are, or you are, you know, something less than a warrior and then you become a warrior. I don't um... yeah let me give a nice maybe i can help maybe i can give it a so um i thought of a quote from michelangelo which uh -huh. um he he said he doesn't say because he carved you know sculptures yeah exactly that's good. from the from the rock yes he didn't say i made the rock into an angel he says i saw the angel in the rock and set it free exactly oh my god so that yeah <laughs> Exactly. So the, the angel is already there. He's just freeing it. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a great way to think about yoga, I guess. It's like, I'm not, I'm not like trying to make this body into the pose. The poses are there. I'm just like setting them free, so to speak. Yes. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. The poses are very natural poses that anyone does. Or would do if he would not be distracted from his uh, natural um, form like like for example babies do them S small children do them just by mm. just by you know, when they play and all that because it's part of human nature and then we uh, just learn to uh, uh, use our brain too much and, and not use the body anymore and then we forget and then um, and then wow. and then if you have any desire i think any kind mm -hmm. of desire in your heart just tells you that you um that you already know something in which you just have to uh, remember So the warrior pose is very concrete in terms of it's a human pose and it's something that relates kind of to the human experience. But then we have all these poses with like, like animal poses or objects, right? So there's, um, you know, obviously downward dog. Um, most poses, I would say that the majority are probably animals, right? Camel. Um, there's lion i believe lion breath mm -hmm. um also fish pose which i don't do an often enough and <laughs> <laughs> and uh cow cat right mm -hmm. there's so many yeah um so i can understand why like i'd want to bring out the warrior side of myself but why would i want to bring out like the the cobra side of myself or like the dog side of myself, so to speak. I think if you see it just as aspects of your being, 
then every animal uh, with all its um, you know uh, its um, strengths and skills can teach you something and like for example if you take the cobra mm -hmm. um, um, the cobra itself in all um, societies and all cultures is a goddess is, is a godlike being reptilian animal it's by itself is very strong it's very powerful it's very flexible so if you practice um the pose then on one hand side you become you just embody this part of for example for that from that cobra you embody the strength of the cobra you embody the the, the pride maybe of the cobra and also uh, it's very clear it's very sharp you know if you see a cobra lifting up and it's very you know it can attack you it's very fast and sharp and um... so essentially we as humans we're not just human i mean we have the traits also of animals and also i guess of tree trees and mountains and because those are also poses of course yeah even even pyramids yes triangles so those are just you could i mean could you i understand like would it i mean actually we compare humans a lot to animals like sometimes in a negative way sometimes in a positive way i mean it, yeah like uh he's as uh sly as a fox you know these kinds of things mm -hmm. fox or like he's as Usually it's negative, unfortunately. Yeah, it's stupid. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> <laughs> but any, anything is evil by itself. But. but I think, right, I mean, but I think there are humans, I'm just saying, I think we recognize that humans and animals are kind of, we're connected, you know? Yes. Just because they're animals and we're human doesn't mean we're not the same kind of essence. Um, we have been animals in the past. We have been yeah. trees. We have been every kind of. You have been even bacteria. I believe that to become a human, you have been a bacteria. You've been a plant. You've been. Most of us have. So therefore, you know how a snake feels, and you know how a tree feels. It does is. each? Yeah. Does each pose has it have its own, like, logic or philosophy in terms of how? of the self in other words would it make sense like if i'm having some issue or problem and you say you know you really need to get into you need to be more like a pyramid today mm -hmm. or you need to be more like a a, a half moon today <laughs> like would I mean, that would that make sense in yoga or absolutely i mean you can just choose a pose yeah for special reasons to just become uh, to just or uh, to en enhance or some part of yourself which needs more um, energy at the moment. But uh, this works it does work and every pose has its own nature has its own frequency its own healing effects which you can use and if you want to bring out something in particular you just repeat one pose it just you sustain one pose for one hour every day and just do this one you can do that. Can you give an example of how like a specific pose would help a specific personal like uh, issue that someone's having? 
Yeah, you know, I can. There is special poses that are that are considered to be the most important ones, the most healing ones, the ones that even can conquer death or the illusion of death. And one of them, the turtle pose, it's called mm -hmm. Kurmasan, Kurmasana. If you look in a, in a, a turtle, what a turtle does, it is, has, you know, it has this very strong um, shell. Shell, and uh, this shell is protecting the more softer part that's vulner vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So it has by itself a very beautiful shield, you could say, that yeah. is protecting the vulnerable parts of the body. So it is a symbol for stability. And if you see the mind as something that is disturbing you from being happy, then it does stop. Mm. This is what is hindering you from being happy. I actually always have a lot of turtles as animals. I always, I actually think, I, I sometimes I think I look a little bit like a turtle. To be honest with you, I, I, I just in the way my like I sometimes I see turtles and I see my myself a bit, yes, which I, I take as a compliment actually. Yes, absolutely. I, I love turtles too. They are so beautiful and so. Wild. Yeah, they are amazing actually. They are, yeah, they do. Wow. Yeah, great animals. A lot of people are doing yoga at home now by themselves, which I think is, is fine. Mm -hmm. I mean, why not? And can you maybe help people to like give some, how can people like if someone's going to do turtle pose, for example, what would you rec recommend so that they can really get the most out of it? Uh, if they're not in a class, the important part uh, in this posture is that you have to um your third eye area because this is a very uh, special energy point has to have contact with some something you know have to put it either on the ground and if this is not possible you have to just lay it on some cushion or maybe you can even have place a chair in front of you and bend forward and maybe just put your head on the chair or put some blanket and then the, the head so that it doesn't get too uncomfortable and then you should hold it for at least some people say three minutes like this yin yoga um, method they just do it around three to five minutes but i learned and that's also what i fear if you want to really progress into the deeper layers of of your um, 
being of your existence, you should at least stay for 10, 15 minutes or even half an hour or, or even longer. And you just stay in the pose, start breathing and just give in, just surrender into that and forget about the pose itself. Don't, don't do the pose, just stay in there and allow the energy mm. to flow. And, mm. uh, and then you will, even after doing it just one time, it's it's a very strong medicine you will just you will feel it it's no no way that it doesn't work because our bodies are biochemical systems and energetical systems and this gets affected by moving the body it's impossible to not be affected just you have to stay for some yeah time. so would this apply for other poses as like some poses are hard to stay in, obviously, like chair pose, I think you couldn't do for a long time, right? No, no, but this is, uh, this is one of the poses I would say, yeah. this is, this, this will make you a warrior in the way that this will strengthen your body to be able to fight, which is important. The, tur the turtle pose. Oh, didn't you say the chair pose? Oh, oh. well, I'm asking, I, I thought oh, you said like, Okay. no, no. Well, I did say chair, but I was saying the chair you can't do for 10 oh, minutes. <laughs> Yeah, you can actually. You should try. Ah. If you if you just bend, if you mean you if you mean the turtle pose now, and you just don't bend so much, just bend a little bit. Well, the turtle pose, I I, I okay. Now we're getting. I'm saying the chair <laughs> the chair the chair pose you cannot do for ten minutes. I no, think. no, it's too much. Yes, I mean so how can, long? It will hurt. So Sorry. how long? So there are some poses that the poses that you can't hold for a really long time those you should just hold for as long as you can would you say or uh um i would say there are you can distinguish between the ones that build strength mm -hmm. like for like the chair pose or the standing up poses the upright standing poses i wouldn't say hold them until you feel like your muscles are dying you know <laughs> until yeah. you have so much pain that uh, right but I would say to to increase your strength, if you want to increase your power, you would you should at least stay until you feel that it's getting a little bit uncomfortable, and then mm -hmm. then it shouldn't be painful. But if only your 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 muscles are burning a little bit, then you can just try to extend. In my opinion, I mean, there's different opinions, especially in the Western world. They're very gentle and they say, oh, don't, it should not hurt so much. But yeah. in India, I learned something else. Most Indian gurus say, oh, no, just hold it. <laughs> and if it hurts, just breathe. I wouldn't say that for us. Really, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say just hold it until it hurts and then go on holding it. This is right. Say that. But you can extend it uh, every day a little bit more so that you gain something. But other poses that you can hold, like turtle pose, maybe cobra, Both. Uh, maybe um uh downward dog maybe mm -hmm. that one's a little bit harder but maybe pigeon pose mm -hmm. those you should hold for at least i mean if you really want to feel get the essence into yourself mm -hmm. or break free out of yourself so to speak you um, should hold for anywhere from three to 30 minutes you're saying yes i would say i, I would say at least do three minutes Mm. try to do i mean this is not a recommendation for beginners they should not do it not no. please don't do three minutes if you're starting to do that 
in that case yeah. they will feel overwhelmed the, the body will don't will not uh, then right. needs to adjust but if you have some practice do three minutes and extend that then to 10 minutes maybe and even until up up to half an hour yes if you can in Philadelphia. As a beginner of yoga at that time, I asked the owner of the club, who himself was also a teacher, if I needed to pay attention to my breathing while doing the yoga poses. He answered me, are you here for a fitness class or are you here to practice yoga? What distinguishes yoga from other sports is that it is, or at least should be, also a form of meditation. Yet, it can be difficult to keep our minds in the present moment when we are on the yoga mat, perhaps because we, in our activity, mistake yoga for mere aerobics. However, when we lose sight of the meditative part of yoga, we neglect yoga's central precept to yoke together mind and body, spirit and form. Gita teaches us how we can remain present and meditative on the yoga mat. For some people, it's hard because yoga, you're like, you're moving a lot. So you're kind of, your brain has to work a bit to like, how am I going to stay in the pose? It's not like meditation where you're just sitting and you can like really watch the thoughts, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a little, I find it a little more challenging. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any tips on how you can get better at like, being with the pose, you know, aside from just holding it, but like mentally being with it. Yeah, that's a very beautiful question. Yeah, I would say uh, just to distinguish this, I would say uh, if you want to learn to meditate, you should always also um, meditate. I, I mean, without doing a pose or so this should also be part of your spiritual practice, because uh, it is important also to like for the for example if you finish your uh, your yoga practice in the end you do shavasana which is something like a meditation lying down or yoga nidra or something which is when you stop doing anything physically and you just lay down and just give yeah. it and surrender but sure. while you're doing the poses and and um, you should actually there's many things you can do to bring you back to the to what you're just doing to the present moment and this is for example as you already said it's the breathing something very very important to rem remember to breathe so if you feel like your thoughts are going mad then mm -hmm. just first thing i would do just remember to breathe because mm -hmm. you cannot really breathe consciously and think at the same time it's very difficult and then if you teach, for example, give like in your case, if you would teach someone, you have to remember, you remind them to focus on body parts, for example. It's also something you do with traumatized people. You, you remind them that they have a body because if you are thinking, you forget about your body. Most of the times you forget that you even have a body. You're just your thoughts. 
you know, yeah. and gets drawn away by that. But if you tell them, you know, for example, feel, let's feel how your feet feel on the ground, just sense, sense the, um, feel the sensation of your feet touching the ground at the moment and really feel how that feels. Sense, you know, this is something we don't do. So you, you're doing the pose, let's say you're in downward dog and your mind starts going to, oh, uh, <laughs> you know, like, what am I gonna, how am I gonna, what am I gonna write to that email that my boss wrote me? And then you say, <laughs> no, I'm gonna, and you're just like, actually, let me just focus and set on my, the way my legs feel. Uh -huh, exactly. And it's like boss legs. And you're like, no. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, it's like a little war and you have to go, not a war, but you're being pulled in two different directions. You have to decide, I'm going to go for the, the legs. Yeah. Did you, you see what you said? You said decide. That's what I would say. It's a decision. It's not, it's not a struggle. You have to decide what to focus on and you can decide. It's not that you are, people always say, oh, I can't. I said, no, you decide. You, you just de make a decision and you decide to, to, to go on with your thoughts. It's, it's definitely a decision. That, and I think it's, it's most people would rather think about the email because they feel like they're getting somewhere. Like if I think about it, I'll come up with solution, but really they're just going in a circle and making themselves upset, but they feel like, okay, maybe I'll get something. Exactly. And they're like, well, the legs, what's the legs they're, That's going to not going to help me with my ball. You know? <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> how's that going to help me at all? So the mind is just like, nah, I don't care about the legs, but yeah. really, uh, that's actually what would help you yeah. because that's when your mind will be calm and at rest and, and actually like building up strength, you know, for your mind. Yeah. So, so, but I think decide is a great point. Yeah. You have to say, you know what, like, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna be, do what's better for me uh -huh. and focus on my legs or my feet, yeah. even though maybe I don't want to, but I'm going to, you know? Yes. Yeah. And then you would, then you should find out why don't I want to focus on my feet? This is also very, I mean, this sounds a little silly, but it isn't. But like, for example, if you feel like I don't want to focus on some special part or even on the body itself, this might show you some issue that you have, you know, neglecting your physical form in a way, which would be a shame because it's, it's such a, there's such a beauty in having a sensual um, feeling, emotional body connected to you. Well, I think it has to do with the ego again. It's like, uh -huh. like you said, if you're if you're so absorbed in your own thoughts and your own ego, then anything else doesn't seem important, including your body. Yeah, I mean, you know? it's okay to be a thinker if you are a um, philosophical, if you are a philosopher, then it's okay to have um, some parts of some times yeah. where you think, you just think that's a very important, but yeah. then again, you should not forget that you also are a body and yeah. your body has needs. Yeah. <laughs> And but I think it's important. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I was no, I was, I was done. I think it's important to realize that it takes time to refocus your mind yeah. because I know for myself, when I meditate, if I do a body scan, mm -hmm. I'm not thinking about my body at all for at least five minutes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, my mind's like, mm -hmm. and, uh, 
But if you have the patience to wait, your mind comes back to the body. And same probably with yoga, with the poses, like maybe you don't feel like you're in the tur- you don't feel like a turtle after 20 seconds, but maybe after five minutes you do. said that he who has patience can have what he will. Patience is a stranger concept than we might realize. When we tell someone to be patient, what are we really saying? You're saying be comfortable with being unsatisfied or even miserable now because I assure you, your suffering will not last forever. Although you cannot feel it yet or experience it, satisfaction, and even joy are just around the corner. Put this way, patience sounds so easy. But as we all know, patience is easier said than done. what you said you said you have the patience if you have the patience to wait this is so important what you said i think this is one key principle it's also it's also an indian skill you could say an hinduistic skill of enlightenment patience uh patience is something something like gentleness also you you shouldn't expect it to come immediately you have to be patient and be you know, uh, willing to allow it to come. And this might take some minutes or for some some time. But if you have the patience, then you will be rewarded. Absolutely, you will. And most people don't have the patience. And that's why I'd sometimes tell me you might I tell it might sometimes I do tell people in advance to say, you might be angry with me even and say, Oh, this is standing in 10 minutes, you know, I, I said I say to them, you know, you might feel angry with me because I, you know, let you stand in this for such a long time. But afterwards, you will feel rewarded. You will feel that there are changes. But, but uh, just you need to ha- you need to overcome this part of you that just wants it immediately. This is our Western culture. That this is Amazon. Yeah. You know, you 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 order, you get it tomorrow. You get it this evening. It's not like this in 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 the spirit world just it can be like this but most of the times it isn't yeah i think our society has trained us Uh to spoiled us to not have to be patient exactly and it's like to wait even waiting on your computer for like the screen to load it's like Uh, it could be like 10 seconds and it feels (laughs) like an eternity (laughs) and uh it's something that i struggle with i think people have Patience is a really interesting concept because it's like, basically you're saying, I'm not, I'm gonna, I'm okay with being happy in the future or like getting, like, I'm okay with now is not what I want, but 
in the future I'll have, but you're like, well, it's not the future now. So why do I care about the future? It's like, you know, people, it's, you know, people don't like to save money, for example, because it's like, why do I care in 10 years if I have money? Like, well, in 10 years, you will care. Mm -hmm. So my question for you is like, how do you, how do you get better at being patient? Like in terms of one thing you can do is just say, I know this will, I know this will be worth it in the future. Mm -hmm. You could distract yourself to, I'm just going to like distract myself until the future comes, or you could be present mm -hmm. in the moment and say, this is just not what I, where I want to be, but that's okay. I mean, I guess it comes down to poses too, right? Like, you know, like if you're in a pose and you don't want to maybe necessarily want to be in the pose. Exactly. Yeah. But you know, it's good for you, but it's painful in the moment. Uh -huh. How do you like, do you have any tips for that? Yes, it's such an important question. Yes, uh, I mean, there's something you will need for all of this to gain um, uh, or to establish patience and to, to evolve and all that. And you need discipline for that. And it's called, yeah. there's a name for that. It's called sadhana or, or sadhana. Mm. Um, and this, is, this means you have to keep on doing it. You have to keep on doing it and you have to be. Yeah. Um, wow. Yes. And you have to have discipline. I think the one good uh, translation would be discipline. And yeah. it's not this kind of forceful discipline you have, like when you like uh, do weights or so on. Like, I have to, uh, you know, yeah. it's not this kind of um, tense discipline, but it's more mm. like, an, like a surrender discipline where you just do it in the name of the Lord whoever you believe in, whatever source you believe in, but do it in the name of the divine. And as something, you know, you do for your heart and, and your, your, your um, loving abilities and do it in that mindset, in that kind of um, um, state, emotional and, and energetic state. And that's very important. It's not only discipline, you know, I do it every day, 10 minutes. And then I, I have the clock and then I did it for 10 minutes and that's my discipline because I did it. It's also how you do it. You have to really decide and take a very strong decision, take a strong decision that you're going to do it. I, I just say in the name of the truth, because there might be people having different religions. I don't want to be offensive to anyone. Just whatever you believe in, whatever is the source for you, the God for you, just do it in the name of this power that is in you that is in all of us like let's say i mean i think it comes down if meditation some people or yoga let's say yoga pose you might be in a pose for you're like i want to do this pose for 10 minutes it's been like two minutes you're like oh it's it's still <laughs> it's still not even two minutes yet i have things to do today like why am i still in this pose i have other things that i could be doing mm -hmm. and uh or it hurts whatever um you would just say to yourself, I do this in the name of the truth, like to hold, to inspire you to keep going or. I would find some purpose that, that fits you. Yeah. I would say I, I do it in the name of evolving or I do it in the name of, I think one very important purpose could be like for you and anyone and for me too, is to be in control of your mind. Because it, I, I think I believe in what all the big yogis say is that the, the biggest sin one can um, 
we can do is to just allow the mind to run around unprotected because this is creating this is uh, creating reality the mind is creating every thought is creating um, external events and reality so you have to really learn to control that especially the negative ones the destructive ones because they create wars and they create oh, fights. Yeah. and so I, I would do it in the purpose of of you know becoming powerful um uh, or, or be, uh, gain my power back about my over my mind yeah i do it in the name of having a healthier mind exactly yeah so that would be why you meditate for an extra 15 minutes or hold yeah. the pose longer yeah beautiful that's great motivation and you can even start to be become a creator if you if you understand the power of your thoughts and your mind you can become a creator in the name of I mean, that's very hard. You shouldn't say that in the name of truth because no one knows the truth, you know, and my truth might not be yours. But you can become a creator for something you consider to be helpful in the world. You could say that. Because the more you practice, the more you learn to focus on something. Right. Be it a thought or whatever you can, you can focus on an emotion too, like for you can focus on gratitude or on love. The more you learn to focus without interruption, then the more you will become creative. And that is a very powerful thing. And that is, I think, that is what society doesn't want us to remember, how powerful we are in being mm. a creator ourselves. When you say creator, you mean like of, of what exactly? Like of creator anything. of ideas or? Yeah, anything you can create. Anything, yeah. Oh, I see. A paradise on earth, I would say that's what we should head. We should stop having wars. We should be in love with each other. That's what we should create. And to be like that, we have to first create peace in our own hearts and mind. Yeah. When God told Abraham to lech lecha, what exactly did he mean? Is there a single Abraham underneath all of the layers of country, town, and home? How many Abrahams are there? Why would God tell Abraham to lech lecha if Abraham is presumably a different man in Mesopotamia or Canaan, atop Mount Moriah or in the Pharaoh's palace, in warrior pose or in turtle pose? I decided to press Gita on this question one last time. Well, um, I guess my last question is, and I think I know how you might answer, but, <laughs> um, you know, just so we can round up the discussion yeah. in terms of you as Gita, there's obviously your musician, rock and Indian, your yoga instructor, your also a few different nationalities, one might say. Mm. or German and Greek, I suppose you could say. Mm. And um, do you feel like there is one Gita underneath all of these layers or are there many Gitas? <laughs> and what, what does it look like? 
<laughs> no, you can answer. <laughs> no, you should answer. And it's I'm interesting. I'm interested in, in to hear what you would think. Oh, okay. Yeah, That's I mean, a very professor way to answer the question. Just yeah. turn it back on the student. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, because I. Well, I think you would say that you're definitely all of these. Uh, you're all of these layers, all of these characters. Like you're not. I mean, I would guess when you're on stage playing a concert, you do feel more like that version of Gita than the Gita in the yoga studio. Obviously, you're taking both with you, but um, I don't think there's any simple way to answer the question. But I do. I think that obviously they all like add up to who you are, and yeah, I'd say that yoga maybe has helped you to connect or yoke all those different aspects of yourself together i mean i think the question is when you go to bed at night do you is there a sense of like okay now i'm gita in bed right like everyone kind of does i think we all do this where we talk to ourselves like okay steve you know you had a good day today <laughs> and uh i think you probably do that because i do it so i would assume you do too <laughs> I think it's, I think you put it very yeah. beautifully. Yeah. And I just want to add that I think it's important to just keep it as simple as possible as it come if it when it comes to yourself, just don't get caught up in in, in constructs too much and who you are and, and, and this and that and the other. I think it's it's very simple. I think the most um, profound thing to say is that we are so much bigger than we think we are, that we cannot at this moment in time, in this body, we cannot not, not at the least understand who we really are. It's impossible. I think we are, I think that's just to keep in mind, you could say, oh, um, I did this today and I'm happy and I'm content about all the outcomes and I did this good and this maybe didn't work out so good. And, and you can maybe reflect on this um, being in this body now, which I call Gita. But shortly before I close my eyes and or shortly before I fall into uh, into to this sleep or dream state, um, I connect to this bigger part of myself, which it's which is so much bigger than just this what we see. And it this I think this is this um, is true for everyone here. So we should always see ourselves as a miracle i totally agree yeah there's so much going on inside of us that we're not we think we're aware of it but we're not at all so i think I'm, about food like you eat food and when you're done eating you're like okay i'm done eating well actually no you just started it's going through your body being digested your body's going all kinds of work and it's affecting your mind but you just think, oh, well, I'm not tasting the food, so it's over. No. Beautiful. But I think that's just one, there's thousands of things like that. And uh, so that's a good point. So, oh, I guess so when you say I'm Steve or I'm Gita, that really isn't so accurate, I think, because there's so much more to it than that. Yes. Yeah. I absolutely think if you, if you put it that way, then you're open for for something new to happen in your life, you know, then you cannot 
you know, then you will never be something old. You will always be something fresh, something unknown, something new. Oh, yeah. Every moment in your life, not every day, every moment you will be something new. Like the Steve I started talking with is not the Steve right now. And I'm not the same. That's true. Yeah. And yeah, the water yeah. is flowing and it's never the same water. I mean, that's the most popular. As Heraclitus once said, uh, mm -hmm. a person cannot ever step into the same river twice. Yes. Isn't that, isn't that great? That's so awesome. Well, I think I'm going to go do some yoga so I can <laughs> better appreciate that quote. Yeah, get too. out of my own head. <laughs> And uh, yeah, just thank you. And I am, I feel like I learned so much and had so many of my questions answered. So it was great. It was, thank you so much. You had so beautiful questions also. And thank you for preparing that. And I think that was great. Um, it was a great, well, how do you say, <laughs> discussion. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful discussion. Thank you so much. Shrek once opined to Donkey that ogres are like onions because onions have layers. Donkey disagreed, suggesting that ogres might be more like cakes because cakes also have layers and everybody likes cakes. An ancient philosophical question asks whether we are more like onions, containing multitudes, containing seemingly endless layers but no final core at the bottom of it all. Others compare humans to the peach, which has an outer layer of skin, a sweet inner layer of succulent fruit, a solid core in the middle, and then even a seed in the middle of that. Before we decide whether or not we agree with Shrek, we might spend some time in the yoga pose known as Dhanurasana, also known as bow pose, and sometimes even as onion pose. The way one's feet poke out from the bow's ceiling, so to speak, resembles the feathery roots which grow from the top of an onion. Interestingly and tellingly, there is no peach pose in yoga.